0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kaye, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 2, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page XVII, the first full paragraph that begins, hence the two men's. Um, Today's readers are Michelle K. on the 12 Steps, Janice M. on the 12 Traditions, and readers of the text include Elaine B., Sally A., and Anita J. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, October 1st, is 6924. OA Preamble. to carry the message to to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Michelle Kaye to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, this is Michelle Kay, Compulsive Overeater in Northern New Jersey. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you, Michelle Kay. Thank you. And, uh, I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12th tradition.
2: Yes, good morning, and thank you, Kathy Kay. My name is uh, Janice M. I am a grateful, recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, Radio, films, television, and other public media or communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before
0: personalities. Pass. Thank you, Janice M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XVII, the first full paragraph beginning with hence the two men. Um, I will now ask Elaine to read two paragraphs, thank you.
3: Thank you, Kathy. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. Hence the two men sent to work set to work almost frantically upon alcoholics arriving in the ward of the Akron City Hospital. Their very first case, a desperate one, recovered immediately and became AA member number three. He had never he never had another drink. This work at Akron continued through the summer of 1935. There were many failures, but there was an occasional heartening success. When the broker returned to New York in the fall of 1935, the first AA group had actually been formed, though no one realized it at the time. A second small group promptly took shape at New York to be followed in 1937 with the start of a third in Cleveland. Besides these, there were scattered alcoholics who had picked up the basic ideas in Akron or New York who were trying to form groups in other cities. By late 1937, the number of members having substantial sobriety time had been (laughs) then... Behind them was sufficient to convince the membership that a new light had entered the dark world of the alcoholic oh it's just really powerful and exciting to read the very foundations and the beginnings of uh, a text a program that has literally changed my life I was reflecting on a couple things yesterday that all are encompassed in these in these paragraphs one is that uh, two years ago at this time, I was in the food. I was out of control. One year ago at this time, I was uh, working the steps and uh, diligently and listening to a vision for you every day and uh, working with a big book guide, and right now I am uh, about 10 days away from, the, you know, the, I'm preparing for the busiest time of, of the year for me. And I have more peace and serenity than I've ever known. I really, um, really have had a personality change that's sufficient to bring about recovery. And I'm enjoying a peace and serenity that I did not know in the nine years that I was in Overeaters Anonymous before. Uh, before that and I feel that with a vision for you and other big book studies like it that a new light is truly entering the dark world of um, overeaters anonymous and uh, of you know overeating and and it is unfortunate that that does sometimes include the rooms of overeaters anonymous in many places that don't hear or carry this message I was talking with a sponsee yesterday, and she was saying, "You know, um, you know, do I?" She lives in a remote area and said, "You know, do I need a, a cell phone in order to really work this program?" And I said, "What this book says, the instructions say, is that if you just have the first 164 pages in your hand, if you just have this book in your hand." That is sufficient if you work it and you continue to work it every day. And you may have to be like the two men who set out to work almost frantically, um, but Step 12 does require that we give away what we've gotten, that we carry this message. And I was also sharing with somebody um, just yesterday about you know, it is it is so wonderful to be able to be face-to-face with people, but what an amazing thing that every single day we can be on the phone, uh, more than 250 strong, cracking open this book, reading the pages, being available to, um, to carry this message to those who are still suffering from compulsive overeating, those who have still not found the way out, even though they may have been in the rooms for, of OA. Um, in in the past or currently and um it really is just an amazing life-changing experience and i'm so very grateful for the heartening success that i've enjoyed and i i will say that i've worked with a number of people that it it didn't work out and um but <laughs> doing so i remain sober just like Bill W., and um, so here I am today continuing with this work and so grateful to be trudging this road of happy destiny with all of you, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much for your service, Kathy.
4: Hi, my name is Charles Nassier.
0: Just a minute, uh, Charles. I just want to thank Elaine, and now uh, we'll open it up to shares, and Charles, please go ahead.
4: Thank you very much um, for your service, and thank you for all the visionaries. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much, a recover compulsive overeater. Uh, I just wanted to hop on here. Hence, the two men set to work almost frantically. You know, that work, right, that word work is is very encouraging. Um, You know, if I put this work in, right, if I put the work in, I can expect results. And, And, you know, thank God that I had a sponsor that nudged me to, you know, once we went through this 12 step, the 12 steps, and we also went through the 12 traditions, and we, we went through the big book with a comb, set out and go work frantically, you know. And, and, and these these numbers are encouragement. Since since summer of 1935, you know, um, the first group started, then then another group started, you know. And, and, and this is new life because I could, you know, this is new light that entered into my dark world, and it is my opportunity to take it to someone else. You know, my sponsor my had said, I talked to him, I had three guys already, and, and another guy, you know, was telling me, we you know, we fellowshiped after a, a, a big book face-to-face meeting, and he was like, you know, well, my sponsor's not taking me through the steps, and, you know, would you help me out? And, and you know, in my mind, I was like, man, I got three already, but... You know, when I cracked open this part, sometimes I like to go back to the beginning of the big book again on my own. And it says, you know, the two men set off to work frantically. And, you know, at that point I said, all right, you know, I'll take you on. I'll take you on because this is helping me more than it's helping you. But if it's helping you a little bit, it's all good. So, yeah, the number of members having substantial sobriety time behind them was sufficient to convince the membership that a new light had entered. Like no matter what, even if you if you're not a failure, if you continue to try, you know. Yeah, I know the stats and I know the numbers and the percentages. The disease want to tell us that we cannot succeed, but if you continue to try, you will get recovery. If you utilize a big book, first 164 pages, actually before the first 164 pages that which we, where we at right now. If we if we touch on this stuff and and put it in our hearts and follow it, we will recover. We will. Put that work in. You know, that's what it's telling me. You know, so these numbers are encouraging. encouraging. It started in New York. It started with two men. Then, then then, the first step. You know, some people get it instantly, and some people will take a period of time, whatever it takes. You're not a failure if you continue to try. So with that, I'm going to pass. That's for I'm to share.
0: Thank you, Charles. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs?
5: Sally. Monica. This is Monica.
0: Okay, I heard Sally, Monica, and Larry. Anybody else? Okay, Sally, please go ahead.
5: Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for your service. It's Sally A in South Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. I just want to share in the beginning of this paragraph, hence the two men set to work almost frantically upon alcoholics arriving in the ward of the Akron City Hospital. Their very first case, a desperate one, recovered immediately and became AA number three. He never had another drink. And first of all, this word frantically, they set forth frantically. The word frantic means highly excited with strong emotions frenzied, desperate, and then I would like to draw your attention to page 188. We get a behind-the-scenes picture of what's going on with Bill W. and Dr. Bob. Down in about the middle of the page, it says, says Bill W., 19 years ago, last summer, Dr. Bob and I saw him, Bill Dodson, the same man that we're looking at here on XVII. We saw him, Bill Dodson, for the first time, Bill lay." on his hospital bed and looked at us in wonder. Two days before this, Dr. Bob had said to me, if you and I are going to stay sober, we had better get busy. There it is. There's that frantic. We got to get going. Let's go. Straightway, Bob called Accra City's hospital and asked for the nurse on the receiving wards. He explained that he That he and a man from New York had a cure for alcoholism. Did she have any alcoholic customers on whom it might, it could be tried? Knowing Bob of old, she jokingly replied, well, doctor, I suppose you've already tried it yourself. Yes, she did have a customer, a dandy. Now here she's referring to Bill Dodson. A dandy, he had just arrived in DTs, had blacked the eyes of two nurses, and now they had him strapped down tight. Would this one do? After prescribing medicine, Dr. Bob ordered, put him in bed. Put him in a private room. We'll be down as soon as he clears up. And then I want to draw your attention to Bill Dodson's perspective, because this is the behind the scenes on Bill Dodson's perspective on page 184. It tells us at the very bottom of the page, I was moved into another room. This is as a result of Dr. Bob. Bottom paragraph, 184. I was moved into another room that morning, and there was my wife. And he goes on to talk about how his wife is telling him that you're not, you're going to quit. That's what she tells him on page 185. You are going to quit. And she goes on to tell him that was worth. She goes on to tell him these two drugs. She had been talking to had a plan whereby they thought they could quit drinking, and part of that plan was that they tell it to another drunk. This was going to help them stay sober. All the other people who had talked to me wanted to help me, and my pride prevented me from listening to them and caused only resentment on my part, but I felt as if I I would be a real stinker if I did not listen to a couple of fellows for a short time, if that would cure them. And finally, the last thing I want to say about Bill Dodson's story. And I recommend Bill Dodson's story back here in the stories. It starts on page 182. Just want to read the last sentence or the next to last sentence of what he says in his story. Bill Dodson's words, I came into AA solely for the purpose of sobriety, but it had been through AA that I have found God. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sally A. And Monica, please share with us.
6: Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. And um, uh, I, too, was just going to give you a little bit of history, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, a little history here on Bill D., which uh, uh, was already just covered very nicely. And the only thing I'm going to add to that is that Bill D. had been in a hospital eight times before this. Eight times he'd been in and they had cleared his brain and and on the way out, sometimes within the hour, he was drunk again. But here's just to say, to show the power, the power of one compulsive overeater talking to another compulsive overeater or two compulsive overeaters talking to another compulsive overeater. What hope here? And like was all um, also, you know, don't give up hope. Um, our, Our path is our path. Some get it much quicker than others. Some, it takes a long time. But if you're willing and you keep working at it, you know, there's light there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And it's so nice. A new light had entered the dark world of the alcoholics. Because, you know, before this, the world of an alcoholic was extremely dark. Because before this, there wasn't anything. Before this, an alcoholic's fate was a real alcoholic. He would either end up in jail in a sane asylum, or dead. So what hope, what light here we're bringing into this dark, dark place? And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. And Larry, please go ahead.
7: Thanks, Kathy, for your service. Uh, Larry, recovered, compulsible reader from Chicago. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just hit on, uh, you know, a new light has entered the dark world of the alcoholic. You know, so too today, This very morning for us, a new light has entered the dark world of the compulsive overeater. You know, these men were utterly hopeless. They they were basically waiting to die in their misery. And and just as they were struggling in in this vast ocean, you know, drowning with no boat in sight, no no lifeboat in sight. You know, out of of the corner of their eye, they see a life preserver floating towards them. You know, it's like a glimmer of hope. You imagine the you know, the rush of adrenaline they experience as they reach for this life preserver. You know, they were hopeless. I was hopeless, you may feel hopeless, resigned to their death sentence and you know by some miracle beyond their understanding. It was beyond my understanding, they're saved. You know, so we, we go from mental and physical and, and perhaps spiritual exhaustion to exhilaration and peace. And now supported by that life preserver, you know, we grab onto that life preserver. In the distance, you know, we, we see a rescue ship. It's you know, it's making its way towards us. And and this is the fellowship and this is the, the, the practical program of action. And you know, do we begin to swim towards that ship? You know, or do we do we do we swim away from it? And you see, when one is drowning, we don't you know, we we don't analyze the process of being safe. And nor do, do we debate the likelihood of its success. If we're drowning, we certainly don't push away the life preserver. We, we start swimming towards the ship because to do otherwise would be insane. And the beauty of this program is that no matter how long you've been drowning in the sea of life, no matter you know, how, how many times uh, I've kicked that life preserver away, I have the opportunity to grab a hold of it today or today. And then, you know, the, the beauty, you know, when we read, we say faced with alcoholic destruction. As soon as we become as open-minded on spiritual matters as we've tried to be on other questions, in this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. That's what happened to me. I had to be brought to my knees, bloodied. Like I love Leah when she talks about tombstones in my eyes. Yeah, that that's that that about describes it for me, you know. But otherwise, I'll sit passively back, and I'll watch all the other people become recovered. Nothing will change if nothing changes, nothing changes. But that'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to share in these paragraphs? This is Mary. Mary. Okay, I heard Mary and Kim. Was there someone else? Janice. Janice. Anybody else?
8: I'd like to share. This is Vasa after Kim, please.
0: Okay, Vasa. Um, So I have Mary, Kim, Janice, and Vasa. Is that correct? Okay. Mary, please go ahead.
9: Thank you. This is Mary T in Vermont, covering compulsive over year. I just wanted to share briefly on um the meetings that were springing up without even people realizing it and uh in my little corner of the world in Vermont, the meetings are are quite small and spread out and um I've been going to these meetings for over 10 years now and it started with for me it started one person saying Hey, I've got this phone number of this meeting and years of feeling desperate, you know, going to the meetings, reading the literature and still being terrified and having no solution. I found the solution and now others are finding the solution too with this book and recently our meetings have changed a little bit and now there's newcomers coming in and they're hearing I'm looking at these people who are hearing the solutions to the very first meeting they attended. And it's just such a blessing. And we had a group conference the other day, you know, really to say, hey, it looks like all of us are really working the big book now. Maybe we should change our format. And uh, it's just, you know, a wonderful thing to see that our meeting is, is changing and these meetings around here are changing and people can come in here and hear the solution and know how to get out of that desperate, dark
3: place of compulsive overeating.
9: Thank
0: you. Thank you, Mary. And Kim, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Kim. Okay, uh, let's move on to Janice M., and then we'll come back to Kim. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you again, um,
2: Kathy, for your service. Janice, i covered recovered compulsive eater. Very grateful. You know, I'm going <clears> to <throat> historically we we have the history now. We have to remember this was done in 1937. This is before the book was written. Now, so you know, how did this happen? Well, first of all, Bill and Bob was as desperate as a sponsor, you know, as a, as a uh, carrying the message as. Uh, bill dobson was to get to get recovered i mean they're both desperate (laughs) they're both working frantically which i think is 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 something because each one of them never had another drink afterwards Um, and remember in 1937 they didn't have cars and airplanes and roads and no book so how did this message get across well, it got across by the men being recovered and telling their story of their experience, strength, and hope because what comes from the heart, right, reaches the heart. That's why it's called the language of the heart. That's the only, that's the only way that it grew into three groups. Imagine traveling New York, Cleveland, Akron, Ohio, um, and that to me is really something because they had the tenacity, you had the desire, the persistence to to help somebody else and get well. And you know my own experience, I mean it's such a it's it gives me the chills when I read this because um, you know somebody took me through the steps and then I helped somebody else as a guide and that person today. Uh, one of them is, uh, not, through no no um, success of mine, it opened up a big book, um, started a big book study in her state. I mean, just like this is happening, the same thing is happening today. If we just share our experience, strength, and hope once we get the results. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice. And, Kim, are you here? Chris, star one, Kim? Okay, Vasa, you're next. Thank you.
8: Yes, thank you. Good morning, Kath, and good morning, everybody else there. And thank you for for your service. And I'm Vasa, and I'm a Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater, and I'm calling from Foxboro, Massachusetts, and... Uh, I was really relieved to find out that there was a solution for my problem. I've been trying to fix the problem for years and years in my life, off and on, off and on, without any success. Um, And when when I heard the solution was there, the instructions were there, if we just followed them. And uh, I also learned that half measures avail us nothing. You know, I can't only put a little bit. If I put only a little bit, I get only a little bit. And faith alone without the works does not work. And I did surrender with the food, you know. And, uh, but, you know, that was not the end. I had to continue going through, you know, go to meetings in my days. I used to travel everywhere because I was so desperate, you know. I wanted to hear I wanted to hear what the food was, what addictions were, and because I was suffering, I wanted to have a relief from it and then <clears throat> my once I got my abstinence, it was but you know it's with God's help, and the fellows in the program that encouraged me to keep coming and gave me the support. And my sponsor said, Well now you gotta give it away and I felt like I had nothing to give it away. Well she said, You know, how how are you you know, how are you keeping abstinent? How you know, and I and I said, Well God is helping me and people, you know, and I hear what people are doing, you know, go they get into the steps and they work the steps, they go to the traditions and you know and I gradually started you know, practicing what my sponsor was doing and what other people would, were doing. But it is a miracle. You know, I struggled with this food, food addiction for so long, so many years, and to find the solution was just so miracle. I'm getting a phone call, so I'm just going to be right back. Thank you very much for letting me share and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs?
10: before we move on. Penny C. here?
0: Okay, go ahead, Penny.
10: Good morning. Thank you very much, Kathy. Thank you, everybody that's on the line here. I'm reading this one sentence that um, their first case, a desperate one, recovered immediately. Recovered immediately, and then it goes on to say he never had another drink. Because this is just a forward to to the the second edition and doesn't allow a forward does not allow great detail the thing that sounds to me so simplified again here is how do you like that he recovered immediately and never had another drink and it would seem that that's the definition of recovered if he never had another drink but we know and I know that Recovery, especially for me personally in 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 my my experience as a compulsive overeater, recovery is not just abstinence. Like for Bill D, it wasn't just sobriety. Recovery includes a spiritual recovery and as I was glad to hear someone else go to the story of Bill D and it says here this is Bill D speaking. It was in the next two or three days that I had my, after I had my first um, met Doc and B- Bill, that I finally came to a decision to that my will to turn my will over to God and to go along with this program. And so, the important thing for me is to realize again that this is a spiritual disease and requires a spiritual solution. So recovery, just to emphasize for myself and maybe others, that the fact that he recovered doesn't just mean that he stopped drinking. It means, and it goes on later in in his story, to say he decided he would turn his life and his will over to the care of God. So that's really, really what recovery is, that I've had a spiritual awakening and because of that I'm able to to cease my compulsive overeating one day at a time. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Penny C. Let's Hi, this move is
0: Donna. on. Oh, who's that? Donna. Okay, Donna, you'll be our last share before we move on. Go ahead, please.
3: Yes, I just came on. Thank you for your service. I'm Donna and I'm a compulsive overeater. I was just wondering where you're at in the big book.
0: Okay, we are on page XVII, and we are going to read now the um, last full paragraph on the page. We just read the two paragraphs prior to that. And I'm going to ask Sally to read that paragraph for us, please.
5: Sure, it's Sally, still Sally, Recovered in South Jersey. It was now time the struggling groups thought to place their message and unique experience before the world. This determination bore fruit in the spring of 1939 by the publication of this volume. The membership had then reached about 100 men and women. The fledgling society, which had been nameless, now began to be called Alcoholics Anonymous. From the title of its own book, the flying blind period ended, and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. I think that uh, if you take a look at page 19, in the, in the a little bit lower than the middle of the page, the one third paragraph down, it uh, tells us we have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. And I I I am going to dip into that next paragraph, just that one top line, the bottom bottom line of just the uh, page X V I I it says with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. And I have to say, this is a very important sentence in my life, because I've been going to OA for 29 years. I had been uh, following a checklist of three meetings a week, check. Uh, three meals a day, check. Write your food down, call it into your sponsor, check. Three phone calls a day, check. And I honestly thought that somehow by osmosis, something was going to change and i was going to eventually somehow i was going to experience the promises on page 83 and 84 and lo and behold it wasn't working and even in oa i was gaining weight on a regular basis i was binging i was outdoing whatever weeks of abstinence i had and you know i was i was struggling because i would i would lose a pound i would be abstinent for a month two months and then i'd binge and gain 10 pounds then i'd get back on the wagon and i'd lose a pound maybe two pounds then i'd binge and gain seven pounds and that was my experience for the last 10 11 years in OA until i found out about the big book study groups and um i have to tell you that with the appearance of this book Thank God for this book. A great deal began to happen in my life, beginning with an 85-pound weight loss. No more off and on, on and off, off and on the wagon, and it has truly changed my life drastically. Not only this telephone line, but reading this book and understanding the problem, the solution, and the plan of action. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass.
0: Thank you, Sally. Who
11: would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Yes, Bella. One Leia.
0: minute. Anybody else want to share?
11: Leah. Leah.
0: Anyone else? Okay. Go ahead, Bella, please.
11: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line to place their message and unique, unique experience before the world. Yes, this is exactly me. Before the program, I was very much self-centered and very much uh, selfish. I was I was self-centered. I was thinking only about me. I was thinking about my ego. And if my ego was uh, wasn 't satisfied, then when I got into uh, anger, blaming judging, I was very much self centered and i didn 't want to be well it 's not that i didn 't want i didn 't know how to social and now Thank you, God, thank you, God, that I am in the program. I learned that the program is all about we. We are here all together and still unique experience. I am unique with my experience, and as well, you are unique with your own experience. And this is the beauty of the program, that we are we are all unique in our own unique way and from we all have the opportunity to learn new things to learn new behaviors and to get new beliefs and my first belief now that I gain being in the program that I am connected to the higher power I am connected 24/7 to a power of acceptance and love and yes, I am human and I don't know everything all the time. I am here to learn from your experience and I am here also to share my experience because we all share our experience, strength and hope. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Leo,
0: please go ahead.
12: Thank you for your service, Kathy. Um, it was now time the struggling groups thought to place their message and unique experience before the world. Yes, you know, these uh, <laughs> these men uh, and women, you know, had a unique message. You know, that message was that they had had a personality change, a spiritual awakening that had been sufficient to bring about re- Recovery from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that they had been, you know, living in. And they had been uh, groping their way along, you know, uh, with this new idea, this road of freedom. And they decided upon a book, which they could tell other alcoholics this great news. And, you know, this book took form. It was uh, inscribed in it was the essence of, Of their experience, it was the product of thousands of hours of discussion, and it represented that collective voice that they had, that collective heart and conscience of those who had been pioneering these first, uh, four years. Uh, the book came out obviously in 1939, so those first four years of AA, these men, uh, and a woman, you know, blazed this trail. And, you know, this was a message that uh, had depth and weight. You know, that paragraph uh, before it said the number of members having substantial sobriety time behind them was sufficient to convince the membership that a new light had entered the dark world of alcoholic, and that's exactly what was happening here. I mean, we have to remember, it's hard to realize today, but, you know, back then, alcoholism was still a hush-hush word not to be uttered uh, above a whisper. It was taboo to most people, and unknown is a word to even more, and the press was afraid of it, and afraid of the pub. Pl- you know, public's reaction to such an unpleasant subject, but they could not argue. This program of recovery uh, didn't need to stand on trial because the reality, the bottom line, is that their human resources, as marshaled by the will, was not sufficient. They had failed utterly. These men and women were being had day um, and finally, you know. Something was happening here. This was about the raising of the dead. I mean, how do you explain uh, people who were totally enslaved by alcoholism, who were now rising up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? That was not a common experience. But you know what? It was their experience. It was their experience. They had had a spiritual awakening. They had been restored to sanity. They had soundness of mind. They were relieved of the obsession, freed from the beast of alcoholism. And now they had a message to carry. And it was a very specific and unique message indeed. And that same spiritual chain reaction that grew from Ebbie and Bill to Doctor Bob in Akron, and then Doctor Bob and Bill to Bill D, etc., you know, was now going to start to stretch to countless alcoholics, and leads us to today. You know, leads us to Thursday, October 2nd, 2014, on a phone line with a bunch of compulsive overeaters who I'm sure you have better things to do. (laughs) But, you know, we're here to carry a message that the same program of recovery that came out on these pages in 1939 has never needed to be changed. In fact, it's been left untouched. The first 164 pages have been left untouched. Why is that? It's because nobody's been able to improve upon the program of recovery. These same steps that came out on the press in 1939 are the same ones that restore us to sanity today. So you can't argue with what works. These are the results. These men and women were living proof of a power greater than themselves, restoring them to sanity. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Leah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? I'm going to take a turn. This is Kathy, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I'm really struck by uh, the fact that I carried the big book around with me for a number of years um, while attending OA meetings um, and finding it uh, to be almost like it was written in a foreign language. I couldn't really relate to the material. and uh, so when I hear um, the, the fact that this book was published, I recognize what a critical turning point that was for the fellowship and the society. And also behind that was the infrastructure of these founders uh, helping to uh, take people through the steps as they're outlined in the big book. And until I had a big book sponsor, I would occasionally read paragraphs. I can remember I had one sponsor who suggested I read one page of the big book every night before I went to bed. And I did it dutifully, but I never really internalized the message, uh, the action steps that were implied so clearly now that I've been through it a few times. So uh, I'd just like to say that it's also the willingness of the recovered people to actually work one-to-one with suffering alcoholics and compulsive overeaters that brings this book alive. And we are so fortunate that we have a vision for you today today. to help us with that process. Uh, And for me, it's still a big part of my recovery to read uh, with newcomers and with sponsees that I'm working with um, to uh, help bring alive the words as they're laid out here in the big book. Um, It continues to support my own working of the steps. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this panel? Rochelle. Paragraph? Hannah. Oh, sorry, who's that? Rochelle. Hannah. Okay, Rochelle and then Hannah. Thank you. Go ahead, Rochelle.
13: Good morning. This is Rochelle, recovered food addict in Baltimore. Um, I would just like to say thank you so, so much to the people who started this meeting, to everyone who does service on this meeting, to everyone who listens to this meeting. Um, I, I have been recovering recovery now. This is my seventh year. This time of year is my seventh year of back-to-back abstinence. It's also my seventh year of being in OA. I also have a food history before that where I was not successful doing this with my own ego. And I was blessed with being able to become abstinent right away. But um, although my sponsor said to me, read the first 160-plus pages of the book, which I did, I saw it as no different than weighing my meals three times a day and making three outreach calls three times a day and um, going to meetings three times a week and and doing whatever I had to do. It had to be an equal part of um, of what I was doing. And, and perhaps that was a mistake because all I did was I read it as fast as I could. I can't say that it sank in. I can't say that I absorbed it. I can't say that I practiced it. I did what I was told to do but it wasn't given the importance that it has achieved in my life since then. So it's only been because a friend of mine who is in recovery here in Baltimore, she said to me, Rochelle, there's this meeting on the line at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. I think you would like it. you know." And I called in, and I have been an aficionado ever since, and it really is so amazing to me how this this analysis, paragraph by paragraph, and the sharing and the history and everything coming out from other members who are in recovery really makes a big difference because now it's not just well read i said it was sponsor well read them the hundred and first first hundred and sixty some odd pages and and make sure you weigh and you measure your food and read meetings of oh talk about no, it's not that it's we do the we do gratitude and uh, we check our food program and then we go on to make sure we include. reading that she did in the big book we go over it we discuss it and um, it's an integral part of of the program of recovery so it's like like 50 percent of what i do with any sponsee and and i hope that that results in in recovery it certainly helps me with that i pass thank you
0: thank you Rochelle, and hannah please go ahead Oh, good
14: morning. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Colorado and thank you everyone for your service. For the people who are listening and the people who are sharing. um, What I'm really struck by in this reading of both the forward to the first edition and now the forward to the second edition is that they are following the traditions in this writing. You know, they're staying, they're leaving out outside issues, which is the 10th tradition. They're staying focused on um, message of recovery, which is the fifth tradition, um, and they're helping others in the twelfth tradition. They're staying anonymous. Um, what it it's, it's striking to think about the times when this was written. Um, the first 164 pages. The, the the second edition was written when the the traditions were already in the form that we have them now. Um, um, but the first 164 pages that were written don't talk about what was going on politically at the time or in the world at the time and it was a time of such great upheaval and it took I, I think it took enormous courage not just to 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 talk about to write about alcoholism but to write about having a spiritual awakening, having a psychic change, having a personality change. Um I, I, I think that it's just extraordinary and it it amazes me that they could do this. That they understood how to do it even before the traditions were formulated. Um, so I'm. I'm. Thank you. I pass. Thank
0: you, Hannah. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? We have just a few more minutes, and. Uh, G. Like G. Go ahead, please.
15: Hi, Kathy. Thanks for sharing and uh, thanks for listening and sharing to others. Um, well, I just looked at this. The flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. So they took the book, they spread the book around, and then they named the society after the book. How interesting. <laughs> you would have thought it would be the other way around, but society named after the book. So a great thing started. Well, I had a horrible experience yesterday, which relates to this great experience. The horrible experience was that that my husband seems to have a diagnosis of some type of lymphoma. And oh my, uh uh-oh, cancer. He could die. Well, he is 70, and I'm 68, so we're into that channel, we know that. But this was bad news, and I was very upset. So here we are in our family and Just to say what recovered means, oh my God, so he and I decide we've got to tell our three grown daughters who are very nice people they're grown ups now, and they're nice grown ups and so the phone rings before we get to call anybody, and it's our youngest daughter, who's not one of the addicts <laughs> and um she's the one we had the usual way and and so my husband tells her that he's just had this MRI. And they're engaged in this conversation, talk, talk, talk. And I'm listening. And then he says, Oh, excuse me, but mom's sitting there. She broke a pencil. He's right. I broke a pen. I was mad, and I broke that pen. And then their conversation continues. Then he says, Would you like to talk to mom? And Rachel says, Yes. And so I pick up the phone Hi, dear. I'm really. Sorry, we have this bad news. And, and what does she do? She sobs. She's crying and sobbing. And what does that do for me? It's healing. It's so healing because she's crying because she loves her father. And she can cry to me, her mother. We're open in our communication. It's right there on the surface. And I said to her something I learned when I was 15 and my father had his first heart attack and I said, it feels terrible when a parent is sick or when dot, 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 this isn't happening today, but if a parent is dying, it feels terrible. It feels like the bottom of your world has dropped out. I said, don't isolate with it. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with others. People in the world are ready to hear this stuff now. We don't have to keep it a secret. That's what I learned in this fellowship and in my other 12-step fellowship. Don't keep it to yourself. If you live in the problem, you'll make the problem bigger. If you live in the solution, the solution gets
0: bigger. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Sue. Okay, um, we will now close the meeting. Um, Thank you, everyone who has shared. Uh I'd like to uh ask Anita J to read a vision for you on page 164 and then we'll say the serenity prayer together. Anita J, please press star 1 to unmute.
11: Okay, I'm wondering if Elaine or Sally could read that for us. Uh, did you ask for me, Elaine
0: B? That would be great if you could do it, Elaine.
3: Sure. Thank Our you. book is meant to thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.